You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Should we trust the government when they tell us to stay inside the walls to protect us from giant cannibalistic monsters? Or should we instead seek our freedom no matter the cost of that newfound knowledge? We're going to be finding out that today on Systematic Geekology, we are the priest of the geeks. I am your host, Christian Ashley, on this dual YouTube and uh, podcast episode for you all. I- I'm having a ton of fun. Like we, We've already had some pre-gaming ha- heading off for this discussion. It's been a lot of great enjoyment on everyone's part here. So I am, of course, joined by my co-partner in crime, the co-leader of the rebellion against Joshua, Elizabeth Payne Clyde. How are you doing, Payne? I'm pretty well. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. And we have... Of course, the greatest Tolkien scholar of all time that will put Tolkien himself to shame. Nick, how are you doing, Nick? Uh, feeling pretty good. You know, Christopher Tolkien is dead now. So, of course, I have risen, risen to take his place as the number one Tolkien scholar, as Christian said. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Excellent. And how could we have this episode possibly without the greatest co-host of all time, the podcasting titan himself, Tejas, TJ Blackwell. How are you doing, TJ? Great. Tired. Clumsy. Thank you for asking. Tired, clumsy. Excellent. He just busted stuff with his muscles. Yeah. And now that it we happens. have these great titans of systematic ecology, I'm going to ask you all, what have you been geeking out on? Valorant. Okay. New season? I don't know. I just started. Love Valorant. Great game. It's like Counter-Strike, but good. <laughs> okay, next up. So if you like Pokemon Go, they released a new game similar, but not really, called Pokemon Sleep, where you monitor your sleep and you catch Pokemon and feed Snorlax. So that's pretty fun. I'm going to have to download that. Do it. Yeah, Uh, I will. And I am geeking out on some Tolkien stuff. I was just finished a book called Splintered Light, which is by a Tolkien scholar named Verlin Flieger. If you want to get a deep dive into the Silmarillion, Highly recommend. And me, I just finished the main story for Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts. I'm now on Riku's side of things. So going through that right now, trying to platinum the whole game. I've never done that before. I've never had the patience to, but I'm going to get it done now. We're not here to talk about Kingdom Hearts. So, Will, you can put your glass down. We're going to be talking, of course, about Attack on Titan. Now, this is a huge series for those of you not in the know. It's also a series that has a ton of spoilers we'll be talking about today. So if you're interested uh, interested in getting into it, I would recommend that for now you guys just skip this episode and come back once you've completed it. Unless you're someone like me who really doesn't care about spoilers and you can just get into stuff. I mean, do what you want. Like you're the one listening. You get to choose. But for everyone out there who stayed with us and they don't know what Attack on Titan is, guys, can you help me explain what it is? Who wants to go first? I can I can go. So attack on Titan. Well, we get dropped into this world full of giant, naked, neutered, cannibalistic humans. And we follow the story of Aaron Yeager in his quest uh, to, you know, free himself from the reins of giant naked cannibals. Basically. Anyone else? Uh, I like the giant naked cannibals to this description of Titans. Uh, and I think Aaron is, you know, 
as an anime young boy protagonist is surrounded by friends who also join him on the journey to free themselves of neutered naked giants uh, who are cannibals. And I think that uh, I'd also say that they fight against government conspiracy as well as um, we get to see a anime protagonist become like a Walter White anti-hero type of a person. Yeah. Yeah, the series, as it goes on, definitely gets a lot deeper than most, uh, you know, because this kind of starts out like it could be a shonen, and then it, it becomes clear that it is not. <laughs> Thank you. Have anything you want to add before we go on? No, no. I mean, I think they covered it. Um, right. I love Levi. So, That's about it. Yeah, good, good answer. Good answer. Amen. Of course. All right. So, everyone, how are you all introduced to the show? And we'll go in reverse order this time. Pang, you go. So I just started watching it on Netflix and my husband was very concerned for my mental health as <laughs> literally naked cannibal giants or biting people in half and just Pretty crushing much. people. And then it's just, it's just I love the animation, like the eyes, whenever they like feel distressed and they just have the lines and like the big bags and stuff. It makes it so, so serious. And this is actually one of the few i wouldn't really classify this as horror anime but i know some people might think kind of horror with the grotesque and whatnot but this is one of the few animes that has crept in my dreams and like has given me like a, a nightmare i've dreamt of titans attacking before Oof. it was yeah, not some horror elements in here yeah but this was like and i've seen some horror animes but this is like one of the few who who encroached on my dreams so pretty marking all right nick yeah this this came out uh the anime came out when i was in college and so my sister uh is a huge anime person and so anytime there is a new anime on the scene my sister usually texts me about it and she's like sends me a meme or a video and i'm like what is this and she's like what's wrong with you go find this immediately and so i did um and devoured season one that i think it was my junior year of college and just destroyed it. Um, and then, of course, here we are 10 years later, not even uh, having the second part of season four. And so it's just, you know, uh, painfully waiting for the the new content to, to come out. But yeah. Jay? Yeah. So this is one of the very few things that I remember, like, vividly as to like how I was introduced to it, uh, because it was it was 2013, my freshman year of high school. And uh, you're all old and uh, jerk. It was that's when I graduated college. Yeah. So that's when I got married. You know, uh, I was 13 years old. Uh, So we we're in ROTC because, you know, free gym credit. And uh, my friend Cameron, current roommate, uh, was like, I was talking about Titan AE, which if you've never seen Mm. is is a pretty good pretty good sci-fi like like early cg animation movie uh i love it but i was talking about titan ae and he was like is that related to attack on titan and i was like what is attack on titan or walking like up the bleachers to run a lap on top of the gym and uh i, I really thought so for a minute you know i was talking about it. i was like yeah no it's possible uh it was not and then i watched attack on titan and kept up and started reading the manga and you know became the attack on titan guy because i was reading the manga so if people had questions they would come to me and be like hey what does this mean i was like mm. read the book 
<laughs> but it was kind of like my re-entry into into a, a slightly less casual anime watcher. Yeah, for me, I had heard of it before what I'm about to say released, but I hadn't gotten into it. It's like just that paranormal of wait, that's what it's about. No, I don't know yet. But then Team Four Star released their abridged episode for Attack on Titan. And unfortunately, they only got to do one because the copyright strikes came down hard because Japan doesn't understand free use and parody rights over here. And I was blown away with how funny it was. I was thinking, oh, this is obviously not a funny show. Well, let me watch the actual show. Watched it on Netflix. Uh, fell in love with it immediately. Kept going. And I think around the second or third season, like, I can't wait. I have to just keep reading the manga. Got caught to the manga. I have to wait, like with everyone else. And then got to the ending and waiting on the ending for the anime right now. Yeah. So, Can we have a, a brief side tangent on your favorite abridged series? Oh, gosh. I mean, the easy answer is DBZA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a big sword art abridged fan. Oh, that's a great one, too. Yeah. They enhanced a, a very terrible story, in my opinion, to actually being funny and good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any any uh, adaptation of uh, Sword Art Online is going to be better than Sword Art Online. Yeah. Fully agree. Sorry, USAO fans out there. All one of you. <laughs> it's my friend Simon. Dang, I think I know the answer to this. Have you ever watched an abridged series? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So moving on to our actual discussion. Let us all just as quick as possible, go through the basics of how Attack on Titan starts from the political scene of things, since we are doing a primarily political episode on it. And then let's get into how things go later on. Because, as I said earlier, there's some huge twists coming along the way. So who wants to go first and tell us, like, politics-wise, how do things start in AOT? Secrecy. Always secrecy. And so I think, when I think of the politics that start... Besides like the wall system, because the in, the inner wall you are kind of like the higher class you are. And so I feel like that's the most introductory of politics because they have the class and social system that you learn yeah. more about. Yeah, I feel like that's really all we get for a little while is uh, like you learn what the politics are like geographically. Because, you know, you have the three walls, then you have the cities on the outside of the walls. And it's just kind of implied at first that if you live out here, they don't really care about you. You're just human. So you get to live in the wall. Yeah, you're not Titan food. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we start off with Aaron and Mikasa and Armin as children, right? And so our understanding of the political stuff is very from a child's perspective. And of course it grows as they get older, but it's this kind of like, we already know that the government as governments tend to be very secret, not the right stuff's going on, maybe some corruption, but I think there's still a sort of like admiration for um, military, you know, agents of the state type of a thing where they're like, Oh, we want to be members of the army and stuff like that. Um, and so I think if we we see that at the beginning where this this healthy skepticism, but also like an admiration for what the government is trying to do for the people, quote unquote. And then later on, we just it gets all upturned. Yeah. yeah and you kind of you get like more hints of it when the other scouts are talking about like or scout recruits are like, yeah, I want to be part of the military police. so I get to live nice and comfy inside the wall protecting the elites. Oh, yeah. But we start uh, really 
we, we see it early on when, you know, the walls are broken into and the refugees have to flood into the other ones. And then there's that scene where a bunch of those refugees had been sent to like, oh, we're going to regain the wall back from the Titans. And they're really just being sent out to be slaughtered because they can't afford to keep all those people fed in that mm-hmm. area. So Armin loses his grandfather and more people die off. And there are some of the lucky few who remain behind and are still alive and capable. And then as Aaron becomes the Titan for the first time, we start seeing the military branch, how it works and the politics behind that of like, oh, but we're just going to execute. He's just a Titan. We have to execute him. Then no, we can use him and make him our own. Like Obviously, Levi comes from a very good place of we should be using this. And you have other people like, yeah, we can totally use him to make things better for us up here. And then from there, we get into the whole mystique behind uh, the actual king, the, instead of the fake king we're shown originally, like, how do you guys unpack that? Yeah, so I've, I always kind of thought about it as like a like shadow government oligarchy type thing until it was like, oh, what? Well, no, OK, there is a, a real king. He doesn't do a lot, in my opinion. But, you know, he's there. He's the king. They listen to him. He just doesn't do that. But he could. So I don't know. I kind of got lost when it got really political. For like that, it was like a year and a half in the manga, I feel like, where it was mm-hmm. just thriller, like like dramatic, like House of Cards with giant cannibals. Yeah. Uh, so in that area, I was I was getting kind of lost in the sauce for sure, because uh, I was not politically poignant enough to really understand a lot of what was going on at the time, because I was 17. I was about to say you were like 16, 17 when yeah. the second season, third season. Youngin. You know, and I think that I think the shadow government is, such a, is a good way to uh, to describe what was going on at the beginning. And it's, I think there's like this understanding of like hierarchy, but like the poor are supporting the hierarchy. And as far as like food wise and economically, right, it's this kind of traditional like serfdom type of a thing. And then, of course, you know, they basically are human shields for the rich people and stuff like that. Um, and then even with the religion too, like the religion of the wall, like there's, I think the general populace, there's like a mix between skepticism of, of the religious, uh, establishment as well as people who are like, Oh, as long as we just like worship the walls and stuff, we'll be fine. And blasphemy is why we're dying. And then of course that very quickly, as we get to like the latter half of the first season starts to like deteriorate as we learn more. And uh, like you said, more people are seeing, uh, you know, them being sacrificed for the rich and the king, fake king. Thank you. Everything you want to add? No, I think it was good. Um, I'm waiting for us to get to the point of like everything was a lie because I feel like <laughs> one day we're going to get to that point in our government. It's like everything we know is a lie. Cool. Well, well, let's get there. We, we have the false king we see at the very beginning of the series and we find out, no, it's actually uh Krista's dad. Yeah, Rod Rice. Who, yeah, who is not uh, – no, she herself is not named Krista. Her name is actually Historia, and she is part of that royal lineage herself. And then we get the whole – we'll get to how that will of the king works later on in this discussion. But the idea of, well, we need to repress things and keep people inside the wall. So anyone who attempts to break out, we're going to kill. So Aaron right now, you have to eat Aaron right now and kill him, and it's going to stop everything from happening and but let's let's go there real quick like how do we feel about how that was handled uh skill issue on 
Rod's part. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Aaron should not have been as hard to take down as he was. Disagree. He was just a, really? I he's feel like him. he's just a, Yeah, but I feel like if more planning, they could have gotten him, like, cornered See, easier. But, like, did you finish? I, I, no, no. See, I have, yeah, I'm caught uh, up to the anime. See, I'm speaking on my thoughts, TJ. So let me have my thoughts. Okay. That's right, TJ. Stop yeah. trying to control my thoughts. Yeah. They're wrong, though. Mm-hmm. Just like you are. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> wow. I don't ever argue with TJ. This feels wrong. But right at the same time. But yeah. the more I was talking about was like the fact that everyone is so ignorant and they think that they're the only like human race. Like they think like they, the whole society has been built on a lie. They don't know where the Titans come from and they, they come from another area. So like these people who are living pretty much kind of not the stone ages, but like super like not developed at all. And there's pretty much like an early England across the pond, if you will. And they can have photographs, they have like carriages and whatnot. And like, I just, I wouldn't know how to take that. It would almost be like, what's that, um, that movie when everything's a uh, like midi or w- whatever when his whole life is like a tv show and it's a oh, lie Truman show. A Truman, Truman show so i feel like it's almost like that like everything they ever known was a lie and there was a whole another civilization they knew of them but they didn't care about them that's wild to me i think too it's it's you know all of that with both of you what both of you said but I think it's also this 2000 years of history of like, there's definitely the shadow thing going on, but there's a little more nuance too, where there's some people who've been defending it for so long that they just believe it's the way of the order of things that even if stuff is a myth that they've got to protect people and protect them from being eaten. And even people who are higher up, who know about the whole geopolitical history before even the viewers do, um, you know, obviously those people might be a little more evil, but um, I think that especially at the beginning, this show shows that like, okay, even there, like, there's some sort of like governments tend to oppress and hurt people, even if under the guise of protection, or even people who are like, oh, we have, I've been a part of this established order. It's the way things are, right? And I think that we see the will of the individual and resistance uh, fighting for freedom, right at the beginning that shows that that's like, that's the power of like the attack Titan, right? The attack Titan's working on its own and like destroys everybody and goes through even, even till the last season too. And the last part of the manga where uh, Aaron is basically working on his own, even for a, uh, you know, for, for fascist uh, dictatorship, genocidal maniacal reasons. Yeah. Well, you know, it's his dictatorship now, so it's okay. So, so true. So true. Yeah. 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 We're Jaegerists well, we on the, there, on the we, we do have to unpack some things first of how they get there. And that's what Peng was bringing up is that they're not alone. Aaron yeah, finally yeah. gets into his dad's basement and discovers the secrets. Not only is because it's attack on Titan and cannibalism is a thing that almost everyone does. Uh, he ate his dad and has learned from his memories there and unlocked them. It's like, there's a whole world out there. They're not alone and they hate their guts. And that's why they're isolated. And we finally get from Reiner's perspective, after failing to get everything he was supposed to do, going back to Marley, which is the nation that's really trying to get rid of Eldia, of the, the island of Paradise. Like, let's go there. Like, how do we all feel when that twist came in? Like, we see where Reiner is at. I never liked that guy. 
Oh my gosh. I, I, did, did Joshua put a female filter on his face or something and like bring his bad opinions here? <laughs> How dare you? I, I am getting heated right now. We're going to have to take you off this show. Like, <laughs> I think Reiner's just like one of the best characters in the series. Especially Le- by the end. Levi. Levi is the best character. One of you, probably. But uh, that twist was insane. Yes. Because I, I remember by that point, I was already reading the manga. And, you know, to be stuck on the cliffhanger of seeing the ocean, I was like, oh, great, awesome. And then the next chapter, we start to, like, learn that we aren't alone. Or not the next chapter, but it's, you know, pretty soon after that. It was pretty rough. It was a, it was a crazy time to be alive and reading. Yeah, I think it's weird to see, like... Yeah, I think it's I think it's was super weird to see all the you know the new titans pop up and seeing people that were part of the same group attack and not fully understand where you're like what is going on with all this I don't get it and when you learn that there's a whole other nation out there that's basically pulling uh Nazi Germany on a, on another group of people and it just uh, like you said, it kind of it kind of hurt a little bit. You know, it kind of brings a sinking feeling of these characters. Like you said, Reiner, somebody that you like, right? I know I, I enjoyed his character. Um, and even what's his face, the quiet dude, who's the colossal titan, um, yeah, Bertholdt. Bert. Yeah, yeah. Those no, guys I think were just, yeah. I think I dislike Bert more than Reiner. Reiner was the one that like was having split personalities, right? I'm trying to. Remember. It's been so long since I've like watched this. Right. I was just I making sure I had the right one. From the guilt, he, he was manifesting different personalities inside of Okay, himself. I wanted to make sure I had the, the right person in my head when I were talking about Reiner and Bert and didn't confuse them. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. even someone like Anity, who's a jerk, you know, who's kind of this 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 douchebag, like you, they're all likable characters, right? They're part of the same regiment. They're working together, apparently for the same cause. And then yeah. you find out all of it's a lie. And I just remember like, because I think I was so confused when we got to that part towards the later, we find out everything's part of like this Marlene thing. Um, and then to, you know, watch YouTube videos and and a lot and analytical stuff online. It was just like, uh, it, 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 it was a deep loss. It was a deep loss, deep loss for me. I won't lie. Yeah. It was just like horrible to see that everything they're doing is, is pretty much for nothing. Yeah. Until you realize yeah. who Aaron is. All right. You guys, everything else you want to add before we go to our next question? Uh, other than this being the most rewatchable series on the planet? Not, not really. Like, I think you need to watch Attack on Titan twice. Agreed. That does help with a lot of things. All right. So next up, early on, we're shown you know, the three various paths that our cadets can take, our main characters here, during their military training. Those being... In the cadets, they have the military police regiment, which is the ones who guard the king, and only the top 10 get to even apply for that position of essentially safety and not being near any of the problems. And then we have the garrison, which is essentially the people around the walls who keep it maintained. And then we have the scouts, the one Aaron has been wanting to pursue this whole time, the people actually out there in the trenches getting eaten by Titans day after day, but are actually keeping the people safe by trying to kill and like get rid of their numbers piece by piece like what do we think of how these three choices uh how are they portrayed within the series proper 
So like, I, okay, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Now I was going to say, I actually have a um, scout cloak at my work and I forgot it. So I'm very sad, but pretty much um, I think Nick mentioned it earlier, military police. That's like the, the comfy job where you just go on the inner side of the wall. So there's three layers. So Titans get into the innermost wall. Like it's never happened before. So the, 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 after the paycheck and the, the cush. And then the wall is just kind of like boring because once again, until the beginning of the episode, how many years has it been since like there was never a Titan breach. But then um, even then, like with the scout regiment, you saw at the beginning of them being lazy because Titans has never attacked. And because they were being lazy, they were getting slack on their training. And so when they did go out, they would come back injured and whatnot. So no one wanted to be a scout and no one really wanted to, besides like a few select scientists really wanted to understand the Titans or anything like that. Yeah, I think it's uh, generally I, I think the whole military police thing is is just horrible in general, because not only can like you aren't doing anything there, you're protecting rich people from nobody. Uh, only the best 10 cadets can be military police each year. So like from their point of view, the best people they have are doing nothing because that's who they care about. They care about themselves. They don't care if your regular lower caste folk get eaten. They don't care at all. They want the best and they're going to get it. Uh, but I think in the series, it's it's kind of seen like you people do this for their own comfort. Like if you don't want to live, you know, working real like physical labor, join the scouts, try to be military police. If you can't get military police, try to be garrison. Do not try to be scout. Yeah. I don't have anything to add, and if it, unless you have some commentary, Christian. No, I think we've hit it pretty much on the nails. That idea of, yeah, sure, uh, military police would serve a function, and that you know you do need to keep the people in charge safe. You know, if there's ever a rebellion or people trying to like assassinate them, but really, it's for that sense of them abusing their authority, where they're supposed to be protecting the people around them. Instead, you see them along the way, just like taking money from people and beating people they don't like and say, oh, well, you're this part of the wall. You have no business being around me, the elite here. And there's that not irony as well. It's like the best of the best is there when they should be on the front lines in the scouts, like protecting people. But instead, they're seeking after their own personal safety. And I think that says a lot about people in general. And I, I'm pointing fingers at myself here and that we like to be safe and content. We don't like to be in the trenches. We don't like to be in the grime and we just want to be comfortable. And there's nothing inherently wrong with being comfortable. It's when that's the only thing we seek that it becomes a problem. Like it has, they've just gotten lazy. So when Titans do come, they're like next to worthless helping anybody. Yeah. I mean, even the garrison too, to an extent. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Next up we have, the walls were created, we find along the way, from actual Titans as well. That's our end of first season spoiler there for you, as that's chipped away in the battle with the female Titan. Like, this idea of the walls were being created to protect the people from the threat of the Titans. They're so massive, like, nothing could possibly breach them until we get to the first episode. And, like, people are safe. Like, we have the, the wallism religion. It's like, we got to worship the walls. The walls protect us. It's a good thing. But then we also discover along the way the leadership doesn't want people to leave, even they don't, really don't even want the scouts to leave to an extent. 
because they want to stay isolationist. Like, what can we learn from how they enforce this isolationism between the, in the walls? There's a great video that I watched um, from Wisecrack, and they did this kind of philosophical analysis of the show and the kind of the political stuff and how the walls in uh, on parodies are kind of um, structured and influenced or in inspired by kind of World War II Germany, right? Lots of parallels and things like that. But there was a political philosopher named Carl Schmidt who was basically in charge of developing the political philosophy of Nazi Germany and brought in like theology to create some sort of, some sort of basically Christian nationalism to integrate with the type of Nazism that Hitler and other political leaders were going for. And so in order to keep the isolation is to develop an enemy, right? Even if it's a false one to create this um, machine to build up, to collect power under the guise of safety um, and fighting a common enemy, which works very well psychologically, right? Lots of people still use that strategy, even in just regular everyday politics. And so the problem with that is that eventually when there is a real threat, right, after all this redundancy and laziness, that the best of the best are drinking wine all the time, getting fat, uh, even the, the wall guards to spend most of their time drinking, is that when a real threat comes, um, whether it's, you know, was it curated by the government or not, like, people don't know what to do and people die and it's people who are in the lower classes that quote unquote don't matter. Um, and so eventually, um, you know, we see the rise of Aaron with these other people that are part of the lower classes to kind of fight against that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like a classic dehumanize and then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Mm. Thank Thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> For those of you listening and can't see the video, that was a thumbs up from Pang. Yeah, I, I completely agree in that sense of you can isolate your people and then you can make them believe whatever you want. Because when they're not introduced to other concepts and ideas, it's easier to control. It's easier to say, hey, oh, this is the issue. We shouldn't go out because it's bad. And, well, it even works to their favor, too, because they know what titans are. All they have to do is just look at the top of the wall and say, oh, I don't want to go out there with those things. Like, sure, I'm going to believe whatever my government says. Let me just do that. And you keep the people in line. Now, there's always going to be people fighting against that as soon as newer ideas are introduced. And that's the right thing in this situation. But the, it's that sense of if I can keep you here, we can keep these ideas for us. And you know, no one else exists anyway in their point of view. So why should I care about what's out there? And for me, I, as studying history a lot, you get – that period several times in U.S. history of isolationism versus like being a, basically the world cop. And like, how does America control those two things? Should they be one or the other? Should they be more nuanced there? And isolationism almost kept us out of the First World War and the Second World War. And you understand, too, a lot of those people just didn't want people to suffer and die that were American forgetting that there were other people who were dying and suffering. But you get the sense of, well, we shouldn't be fighting. We shouldn't be seeking that out. But you also get the sense of, well, the Nazis were rising up. The Kaiser was rising up. 
And pacifism isn't inherently in and of itself going to stop them. Not to say pacifism is some weak thing that nobody should ever aspire to, but there is a way you can pursue pacifism, but also want to stop people who would abuse your pacifism. And that's one of the things we learn not only from our own history, but from this is like, if they just stay the way they are, eventually, well, the colossal Titan got through. What's to say the next one doesn't get rid of them all? Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's really a, a good example of Plato's cave, isn't it? Is it Plato? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is your whole world. This is all you get to see, and we're in control of it. So there you go. It's like it this does the same thing as burning books. Mm. You're getting rid of information. You're limiting information. They only get to know what you tell them, and what you tell them is, uh, "We're alone." It's not safe. Stay here. Do what we say. Work for us. Make our food. Sacrifice your life. Yes, that same same thing too. If you read something like the Communist Manifesto, or um, there are plenty of other things, just not that's the first thing that popped in my head. It's like control the education. You control the minds of the children, and therefore what you say goes. And once again, that's just not me bashing communists. There are plenty of other people who use the same exact principles to put their own points of view on children, to point their own points of view on the people, and then they can believe whatever you say because they're already predisposed to think what you want them to think. Yeah, like Florida. <laughs> so true. Keep, uh, you know, political. <laughs> you know, and I think too that's why part of just why this show is so good for like a sandbox because it's you and there's so much room to explore all of these things in dealing with power and governments. And it's, it's so universally applicable to just about any type of political system you want, right. To see, here's the problems with American democracy. Here's the problem with communist China, et cetera. And where bad governments uh, participate in bad stuff. And we get to see it on full display in attack on Titan. Yeah. The moral, I think, is that there should be no government. Ooh, ooh, hot take. So not Jaegerism, anarchism is the way, according to TJ. Yeah. Hot takes on our primary, uh, primarily political series. Yeah. I like it. Soft anarchism, though. So do you think n- no government at all or just or, or a little bit of government? No, still no government, but let's be reasonable about it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. The impossible. I like it. Yeah. All right. So we find through the series, as Historia and Aaron both find about not only her origins, but the, his dad and how he tried to stop the actual king of the nation from staying in this isolation and letting the people just stay ignorant of the world out there, that whenever someone becomes the king, taking the powers of the, was it the founding titan, if I remember correctly? Yeah. Yes. When they, once again, cannibalism, have to kill the person who has the founding titan, uh, then they become the leader. Even if you had this idealism within you, like we saw Historia's half-sister, sister, whatever her name was uh, from before, like when she took on the founding titan's powers, she lost that because it was overwritten by the will of the first king, Fritz. Now, is this a metaphor for corruption of those who seek power? Or is there something else in this idea of you, you get you seek power, but then you're taken away by something else and you become something you never were before this moment in time? 
Yeah, well, I think it tries to make a point out of your perspective on things change, so your stance changes mm-hmm. uh, because you get access to like all of that information that the first king has. I'm pretty sure with the founding titan, at least. Yes. Yeah, and, and then not only does it literally overpower you, but that would have to be a very compelling argument to like change your stance is instantly becoming another person literally but still yeah, yourself. you take on i mean they even said you take on their will so you almost it's almost like mind control brainwash if you will like you're still a little bit of you but now you are like that person and so as tj said you see the whole picture kind of like with leadership whenever you are an entry even if you take church for example um when you just attend the church everything's you can see everything that sucks why the heck are we doing this when you start working with the church why are we making these boneheaded decisions but when you are leading the church you see everything from a whole different perspective um than the ones below so i feel like that also like to have all that weight and then also the psyche they're probably going a little insane too i would want to kill everyone too personally me the full kino on them yeah I think, too, like it's just an interesting I think it's because we're in the 21st century and kingdoms and royalty are pretty. Uh, no one really believes in them really anymore, except for strange people uh, in, in the United Kingdom. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think that probably give this there's this definitely this critique of like monarchy and inherited power. Right. But that even like even things that we interpret as in like lineage and stuff, it had to begin somewhere. And I like that it started where it was like this girl had power and then it was commandeered basically by uh, her dad yeah. right it's this classic like oh, oh i'm a i'm a her, her tribe leave her a tribe okay and uh you know it's just i think probably there's some subconscious probably critique of patriarchy there in a little bit and just more of like anytime even if it's negative power like if a girl or a woman has it some dude is going to come along and be like mm, that's mine uh and uh i think that there's definitely some skepticism about one monarchies in general any type of power that's controlled uh in that way and then of course um taking power that belongs rightly to women in in this point in history of this made-up world yeah yeah and it's almost like it's almost got like yeah no our lineage is actually real like this is the person with the power right stolen Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the things we do learn along the way is we finally get tap into the history of the Eldian people is how it all started with just this little slave girl, Ymir, who out of a mad love for the leader, her king or, or of this chieftain of this tribe. I can't remember the exact title he had uh, starts an empire that he uses her and abuses her for his own ends and even having children with her and enforcing those children to take her and eat her and that's how the power of the titan is spread over time to various forms until we get to the point where the Eldian empire is taking over the entire world basically uh, massacring people right and left if they don't listen to them and then they start losing because people use it against them they're able to take that power for themselves and then king fritz thinks oh no uh, my people are all going to die out well let me just make this deal where i stay over here 
and then I enforce my view on everyone else because I don't want to cause the mistakes of the past. And even someone like uh, Frida was her name, who wants to change things, can't because she is overwritten by 2000 years of history that says, no, do this instead. So even you want to fight against that. Well, what kind of person could fight against 2000 years of this metaphysical energy that's telling, you, no, you should do things this way instead. Yeah. Uh, does anybody remember the significance of like how many Titan shifters there end up being? Cause I feel like nine. they said it and I don't remember cause there are nine of them. I want to say it's nine. Mm -hmm. It's nine. But I can't remember it. Technology-wise, I don't know if that has any meaning. Nine tribes of Israel. Not even close to being true. You know, kingdom of Israel, there are nine tribes. Uh, nine ring rates, uh, nine members of the fellowship, maybe an allusion to, to Tolkien. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's just like the numbers seem significant. It's like there are nine of them. You get it. You live for 13 years. That's uh, pretty specific. If you guys know, listening. Be sure to leave a comment and say, hey, this is what it actually means. Yeah. We're always happy to be corrected here. Yeah. Any huge numerologists, please. Now, 13 is kind of obvious, 13 being unlucky, but I don't know about nine. Yeah, I did a quick Google search and nothing concrete came up. All right. Thank you. Man, Fact I love it when name. something's up for interpretation. I mean, it has like mythology, like... But it doesn't say that's why. Just nine represents so many things. Mm. Mm. Now, what we see as time goes on, we realize Reiner, Bertolt, and Annie were from a different nation outside of the walls, sent here to infiltrate, you know, Eldia and kill the people inside the walls. And they're actually a minority in a nation known as Marley. That is essentially the rest of the world is kind of almost at a World War One era of technology as opposed to like the medieval steampunky nature of Paradise. And following this reveal of who they are, we learn about Marley and their eternal war of attempted genocide against Paradise for the actions of the past. Like, how do we feel about how this is handled in the show? And are there any insights we can glean from it? I think it's handled really well because we get to see like it gives us enough time in between finding that out and finding out about the shifters to have turned on them to like no longer like Reiner and Bertolt Nanny. And then like, oh, oh, no, they're victims, too. They are also mm -hmm. victims of this regime. They've been, you know, taking control of they are doing this so that they can live. And it just kind of. Uh, it's it's ambiguous. It's too gray for me. So I just choose a side. Right. No, I did like them better because once you know someone's story, then you have empathy. You know what I mean? So yeah. now you understand the why and they didn't really have you. We learn about pretty much their tainted blood. So even across to sea and Marley, there's you see the hierarchy and the government conspiracy. They're pretty much in, if you will, relating to Nazi Germany again, they're almost in a um, concentration camp. And so because they have tainted blood, the only way they can get any kind of status is if they work hard pretty much almost to death and are chosen to be one of the nine titans to be yeah. a military weapon. And so now since we learned that, I like them a little bit more, but still I'm like, you guys had the perfect, I, know, I get it, they're brainwashed, but you had the perfect opportunity to start over and live your life and you yeah. failed. I do like, it's a good metaphor. I just feel like it falls apart a teeny tiny bit. 
because it is actually tainted blood, like no one else can turn into a Titan, just them. That's the only hole, though. It's kind of that thing, too. Sometimes mutants in uh, X-Men kind of get used as oppressed figures throughout history, but not once have I ever met a gay person who could obliterate me with eye beams or, you know, cause That's a disease true. to just show up on my flesh one day or, you know, what other oppressed minority group like. But at the end of the day, they still in their own way deserve to be represented. But th- it falls apart a little bit when you see a danger to humanity in that sense. Not that I would ever say be pro Orcus right now or pro Sentinel, but you, you understand what I'm trying to say there. Yeah. Yeah, just like the teeniest, tiniest bit. Like, it's still a good, meta- good metaphor. I think it needs to be out there. But, like, yeah, they can turn into giants. But only through, like, only by eating the other giant. Like, if they don't just they don't just turn on it for their will. They have to have the injection, too, right? Yeah. And that, it can randomly go to any Eldian who exists if that person dies and they haven't been eaten. Yeah. So that's one of the... the big paranoid threats the Marleans see too so they always try and guarantee someone can be eaten to transfer the power sorry nick you didn't get a chance to go no this is good um i think that y'all know the lore a little better than i do in in this part because i was talking to christian beforehand about how um the jump to understanding marley as we see later was very confusing when i first watched it and i had to like rewatch season three and then kind of read stuff in between um so I think that it's I think it's handled decently. I think one of the hard parts because it's weird because I'm normally like a big anti-hero kind of person and like to learn and empathize <laughs> with villains, but because like everything about each character and the atrocities they commit, including Aaron, is so evil. Like what and it's understand like you look at the sociological. Uh, and economical and geopolitical stuff that brought about World War II Germany post-World War One, right? As this like economically collapsed, ravaged country with nothing mm-hmm. to 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 aspire to until some, you know, crazy person came up and gave them a bunch of ideas that they could believe in. And so, you know, I see this stuff and I think it's done really well because I think it reflects how trauma and uh, atrocities and tragedy motivates you know political strategies um micro and macro to keep things in control for the protection so so it makes sense but also i'm like uh like all these political leaders and it's weird because i'm also like a soft universalist like i'm somebody who believes that eventually (laughs) all will be saved because they're going to respond to god's grace at some point uh but i'm like these people all need to die like aaron execute them freaking the marleyan leadership die the 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 fritz is just go yeah just just end it all yeah there are so few people well not you know there are regular people in the show but as far as named characters go there are so few of them that aren't terrible yeah armin and mikasa you know maybe they got issues but i would i i I would i would uh i would lay my life on the line for both of us too no but even armin he's like Armin, go bomb the civilians in this area. And he's like, oh, true. Well, if I have to. Ah, true. But it, there's a lot of gray and gray morality in the series, which does enhance it to a bit, but can also in some way make people stop caring if it gets a little too bleak. I do. There are some people I know that stopped reading and watching around this time because things got too gray for their own ungood, in their opinion. 
I think ultimately it works itself out and there's still people you pull for that are more on the white side of morality versus, you know, with seeing things in a black and white stance of the you know, pure black is evil idea. And I, I think it works ultimately there. But anything else you guys want to add there? Yeah, I just I th- at the end of the day, it's like the most effective protagonist U-turn I think I've ever seen because Aaron really genuinely turns into someone you do not want to cheer for. Yes. To some people, not me. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, he, I was talking to Christian. I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling, I feel, I think it's effective. We hate him at the end, right? But I think that, like, <laughs> it feels a little Daenerys Targaryen season eight for me. Um, and I'm just like, it happened a little too quickly. I feel like we could have spent a little more time seeing how Aaron got there. Um, yeah. No, we'll get to the- No, I wanted Aaron to win at the end, too. Oh my God. Oh, like kill them all. I'm ready. Kill them all. Okay, Nick, we were also talking about this. Would we find someone, pure Aaron, uh, Jaegerist, on their side, wanting to see genocide as the end of the series? We found her. Her name is Pang. She works at. <laughs> I'm married to a no, pastor. Leak her IP address. No, I was just like, right. hey, let's just kill them all. This, because I understand his point. His thought is. If we leave any, they're going to come back. History will always repeat itself. War will always be there. The only way we can have peace is if everyone else dies. Because there are more I, countries, though. But they, he sent it out yeah, to the whole yeah. world. He didn't just yeah, send it exactly. out to Marley. Time. We'll get to the rumbling. I swear, yeah. we have time. Rumbling. Kill everyone. We have other things we have to unpack. And now we kind of touched on it a little bit. Is that we see in Marley the treatment of the Eldian people is a very clear reference to the Holocaust. We see ghettos, we see them being treated as less than and murdered for no reason at all, or seen as inferior race compared to the Marlian people. And but overall, it's not a one-to-one because there are some differences there. And that when we look at the history of the show, well, the roles were reversed several thousand years ago. Well, the Eldians were the ones doing it to the Marlians. And this just created this, as we did talk about earlier, this in the cycle of revenge and death. Like, how do we feel about how that changed the story itself, learning about this past? Uh, like I said earlier, no one here really deserves to win. Yeah. But should the people just, of today be affected by the sins of their ancestors? We are right now. Are you Calvinist? Maybe. <laughs> now I'm just talking about even if it's not even just the ancestor or spiritual, like look at the look at our government, look at the economy. You can't tell me the economy is the way it is. With it didn't get there. No, I'm still bad. It got there because of generations before us. So not even looking at a spiritual level, but look how the United States keeps on getting more and more into debt. Like it is because of yeah. the generation before us. Yeah, I'm still paying for Ronald Reagan since. Another hot take. Okay, Nick, kill us all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, me and TJ, uh, I won't jump on the Ronald Reagan hate because, but me and him could jump on the Ronald Reagan hate, I feel like. Uh, but uh, there's other presidents we can hate on too, you know? Uh, yeah, so most of them, almost all of them. Uh, okay, <clears throat> going back to fantasy world politics, um, I think that it's tough because, like, yeah, the former generations, when we're born into the in whatever country we are, right, we're we're born into the political system not established by us or likely our families, but by pe- generations of people, part of different upper classes and, and, and things of that nature. I don't know. I just I think the it's very interesting to explore 
like the cycle of revenge um, and then swap places to do revenge again. It's like genocide, revenge. Haha, we flipped sides and now it's time to perform a genocide and revenge again. Um, and I just don't know if like you could reduce politics in the way that our world is to those two. And I think part of why I have a hard time with this show is that how bleakly it reduces the history of civilization. It's no, I'm not taking, it's not an allegory, right? But um, yeah, I just have a hard time with it. It's just so bleak. And I don't know if that's like, there is right. The, there's only been like a collective of 13 years in recorded human history where there hasn't been a war. Um, and usually it's related to some sort of xenophobia. Um, but I, I'd like to think there's a little more hope and nuance in the world than just. Yeah. I think the closest it gets is like, you know, when people say, oh, the liberals used to be conservative, the conservatives used to be liberal. That's just like the way it works. Like the liberals come up with an idea that becomes normal, that becomes conservative. The liberals are on something new and the cycle keeps going. But that's not like that's not the same. That's just yeah. kind of what happens. I, I think what happened here is author kind of wrote himself not necessarily into a corner. But with this series, the idea of this being an endless cycle of revenge and death, well, how do I wrap things up? And by killing them all. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that pain. <laughs> Just let me know. In that sense of well, well, how do we solve that now? Well, we kind of can't. Being that humans are humans, there is sin within us all, and. No matter what, you can't deny the presence of sin in the world and people wanting to always look out for number one, which oftentimes is not you or me. I mean, because I know that's not always true of me, even though, like Jesus has changed my heart to the extent to actually care about other people and might not be as misanthropic as I tend to be on my own. I can't trust everyone to do that. I can't even trust Christians to do that, I, let alone myself to do that all the time. So you get that bleakness of, well, it's never going to change. And well, again, yeah, that's true without Jesus. So you have a series without him being a focal point here. Well, there is no real hope in that sense. But within the frames of the story, how do we solve it? And we'll get to that right now as Pang has wanted to this entire time by bringing up the good old rumbling. Oh, rumble. Oh, rumbling. I forgot. To Let's get ready to here. rumble. All right. Kill them all. Goodness gracious. As the series finishes up. We deal with the repercussions of the rumbling, this being, for those who don't know, where a bunch of these massive titans are used by the attack titan, the founding titan, and pretty much all the other titans that Aaron has assimilated and cannibalized into himself at this point in time, to then go out and massacre the entire world that everyone who is not Eldian is going to die. Because in his view, as time has gone on, as he's learned from the history of the founding titan and the attack titan, People never change. They're going to hate the alien people because we have this tainted blood in their eyes. So once we get rid of them, there'll be no more war. It'll be peace forever, which is a very idealistic way of looking at that and a very cynical way of also looking at it. We have to murder everyone in order for there to be peace. So what, what are our feelings on this global genocide being something that could have actually happened within this series? I think he could have done a better job. He could have been a better genocider? Yeah. Yes. He could have done better. He was a little sloppy. Falco could have survived. Mm. Mm. You know, yeah, that's, that's I, pretty much it. But 
Go ahead, Nick. You know, it's not so much commenting on Aaron's abilities to execute the rumbling, but just one of more one of my fr- I think just frustrations of where this show ended up leading to in the in the manga as well is that not only does Aaron also neuters like everyone against their will, right? The the Eldians, right, can't have children anymore, which adds another level of like you basically just committed genocide to everyone, uh, not just people. Yeah that you care about, but also now people can't have kids and they're going to die and what have you. But I, you know, I think the cool thing about the show is that it splits. It makes society more complex over time. It starts off with this power of the slave girl, Ymir, it splinters off. It creates all these problems. Societies develop, cultures develop, and things are very complex. Um, and then it like reduces things to a bleak binary, which is either revenge, uh, or I don't know what's the other one death I guess and they both end up being the same thing and it's like man what part of what I think and I'm not I, I think it's very interesting but I think that what made the show really good in the first three seasons I feel like didn't really land the plane um what made the show good didn't really um instill into the to the end of the series yeah I would ultimately agree as well like uh we mentioned several times, Nick and I was talking before we recorded, and I still don't know exactly where I feel about the ending, what, what what I feel. But I do know that I enjoyed the journey getting up here a lot to the point where I definitely let that taint yes. my feelings on the matter. So, like, uh, frame of reference, I haven't updated this list in a bit, but I think Attack on Titan is my 69th favorite anime of all time. And I'm not just nice. saying that to make a nice. funny number. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Uh, because... I'd probably give it like an 8.5 out of 10, not to get to my rating and review out of the way here, but because of how we got here, the characters mean so much to me. The world building means so much to me. The history we learn means so much to me. And then we get to the rumbling and I'm like, as I'm reading it month by month, as this is going, it's being released. It's like, am I supposed to be on his side? I hope not. And you get that that bleakness that comes in. It's like, can this story literally end with an entire genocide? And am I supposed to be okay with that? How does this end? And providentially, we find out Aaron wasn't really hoping to win so much. He was hoping to have people come together from different nations, oppose him, and get rid of him. So where there could possibly be a peace that comes because people did have to come together in order to make it. It's also kind of ruined by the fact that there's still that little centipede thing that gifted the Titan powers in the first place. Yeah. And there's all the possibility this could happen again. Yeah, he's just too strong, too. It's like, if yeah. Mikasa wasn't there, that's it. Yeah, like. so that sense of... Uh, I know we are not supposed to say at the end of the day, unlike some of my fellows here, that we're supposed to be on Aaron's side because that's a hollow way of looking at it. Well, if we just look at Scripture... There were literally four people on the planet, and one had to murder another over something completely and utterly petty. And you expect, oh, well, if we just get rid of all the other nations, we're just going to be at peace, even if I you know, make sure no one can have children again? That's like a cynically optimistic way of looking at things. I don't know how to word that exactly. Like, it's not going to happen. It's pretty funny, though. Not, not this, just like Cain and Abel in general. Yeah. What am I, my brother's keeper? I don't know, man. Aren't you God? Okay. You know, it's just a, it's, it was classic. weird that Aaron, classic Kane, dude, just pull. <laughs> classic Kane. <laughs> oh, classic Kane. 
you know, it was weird that Aaron became a, a like worse version of Thanos. Um, and and it's just very strange. And then also to like Mikasa kissing uh, the severed head spine oh, thing of Aaron. Such a weird way uh, to end that relationship. Um, yeah, that's I don't know where I was going with that. But I just the only I, kissing I, scene I do not approve. <laughs> the only one. That's that actually fits the criteria of horror, horror manga, horror. No, anime. yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> oh my gosh, Ben, you have anything you want to add? No, no, I just feel like we everyone sucks, so everyone should die. See, I think though, if Aaron could find another way to make it happen, he would. I agree yeah. with that. And then not even like yeah. you know, because go ahead, go ahead, Ben. Oh, because. I don't even look at Jesus. I know, like, we try and, like, you know, like, look how to put it in, like, a Christian spin and whatnot. But there is no Jesus in this anime whatsoever at all. Very much so. So everyone should die. And if someone it was like, that's not the Christian thing, I'm going to say we all deserve death. But we are saved by the blood of the lamb. You and there is no blood of the lamb over there. You didn't see Reiner sprinting around wall maria for like three weeks okay but the walls of jericho did not come falling down yeah you know backup plan he just ran into jesus it. didn't exist there because we only really get to perspective of two countries and a couple of slightly other ones because if you actually look at the map of aot it's our world reverse so this takes essentially on madagascar upside down and so there could easily be some Israel analog out there paying where Jesus Christ has died for our sins and he would have been just killed by the rumbling if you'd let this happen, Pang, in yeah. your, your anger. You no, I mean, he's still, either way, he'll die for our sins and in the rumbling. So thank you, Jesus. I'm not sure if that would count. Um, Who are you to decide? Someone Me. make a fan fiction right now. <laughs> Jesus probably. dying for the rumbling. <laughs> Uh, not from but like yeah. in yeah yeah that's what i mean yeah 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 we're off the rails all right you guys have anything else you want to bring up before we wrap things up levi is one of my biggest anime crushes yeah I mean, levi he, might be the best character in this he's the total package he's he's five two handsome yeah he's five two you know so he's travel size obviously um uh, excellent very like he He's a hypochondriac. Yeah, he's careful. He he loves to clean. He's literally insane. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is one of my ideal anime like husbandos, honestly. Okay, now we're on the topic. Might as well go on. Everyone's husbando and or waifu go. Levi Mikasa. Oh, like we're Annie doing fan. pairings. I like Annie. Mm. Annie, it's a good I feel one. like they could have used yeah. Annie a lot better too. Because like, oh, she's out of the crystal. Okay, and then what? I was so okay. I was so angry when Potato Girl died. I can't think of her name right now. Sasha. 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 I was like that death got me. Like I didn't really care about anyone dying, but when Sasha died, wow, I was so angry. That probably Mine was a story. Yeah. Good choice. She's waifu. Yeah, I probably also have to go so, Levi though. Mm-hmm. Levi so and Annie. Uh, if we have to choose Husbando, I'd probably go Irwin. Oh, Erin's a good one. He's a that he's a sleeper. Course. You know, he sacrifices himself. He's a good guy. Yeah, ish. Yeah, one of the best speeches in modern anime, at least. 
Oh yeah. So Better than Ronald Reagan's right, speeches. Now that we get hey, off the rails, we ended up on another track, went off of those rails. We are done with today's episode. Outside of the fact that we need to rate and review the show, kind of like I already gave them away. I'm kind of an 8.5 out of 10 overall. How about you guys? I would say seven and a half. I know, TJ. Because here's the thing. I loved it, but it I hate how they did the final seasons in four parts. So that just made that that's true. That, that made it lose a point. You know what I mean? It's like Attack on Titan final season. I'm like, this can't be the uh, end. Not gonna Part you four. You're worth paying. Yeah, so it would have been like an eight and a half, but Blu-rays. literally they lost a point for that one. Season four, part one for fifty dollars. Season one, season four, part two for fifty dollars. And you gotta just keep making that money, paying. It kept on like it's not even about the money for me. It's a, like I would think it's over because I don't read the manga, and I'm like, there's no way because I'm not thinking there's going to be a part four of the final. Mm, well. Read the manga. Well, Duh. no. <laughs> He's held out for this long. She can keep waiting. Yes. And mad respect to the people out there who can, because I definitely couldn't. Yeah. Did you give your rating? Uh, TJ, and you haven't given. I have not. Um, probably, I feel bad giving anything less than a non. So is it a nine? Yeah, it's going to be a non. Uh, but like... It's just done so well. It, like through the build up to the rumbling, the rumbling itself. I'm not sure if there is better foreshadowing uh, that I've ever seen in fiction, except for One Piece. That doesn't count. Uh, Gota is above all. Uh, not fair to compare that. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd give it a non. It, the story is so good for so long that. It being, you know, a sloppy-ish ending to some people is not enough to dissuade me from putting it in, like, my probably top 50, probably top 30. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, it's it's tough because I think as I've talked about it more, that I I think that I dislike the last season more than when I started this episode. And I, it's not because it didn't ruin it. So I, I probably get a 7.5. Um, because, but it's tough because the writing is one of the best <clears throat> writing of an anime ma- slash manga in the past like 20 years, I'd say. It's so good. The mysteries are great. The twists are great. The characters are nuanced. The, the world building is crazy good. Um, the world war applications are excellent. Um, but man, that it, it just feels like they did not stick the landing. Everything that made season one through three what excellent like i said just reemphasize they did not instill it into to season four and then of course as peng said bringing uh breaking it up into four parts for the uh, anime is very strange it is hard to get past that well with that viewers and listeners we are done wait this episode of primary oh go ahead tj what's number one christian uh legend of the galactic heroes if we're talking manga and anime it's 20th century boys Levi is number one in my heart. Nerd. I'll go ahead and make that my recommendation uh, since we're going to go there and segue. <laughs> uh, 20th Century Boys. I was talking with Nick earlier. My favorite manga of all time. It needs an anime desperately. It's a sin against humanity that it does not. Uh, if you want some intrigue, you want to go across different periods of time, not time travel, but like seeing perspectives from the 1960s and 70s, then the 2000s, then 2015 and so on. You got to get into 20th Century Boys with some of the greatest writing ever. 
Uh, like Naoki Urasawa is the true goat of manga. Uh, sorry, Oda, love you, love One Piece, but you're just not can't hold a candle to him. So recommendations, people. Bold words. And we're going for hot takes. I had to give mine too. I recommend uh, slashing Christian's tires. <laughs> if we all do it, no insurance company will take him. We all get a tire, so we just need one more person. No, everybody listening is going to slash a tire. Oh! Every time he gets a new one. It's just... Being the basic anime bro that I am, that I basically just watch the mainstream anime and a couple here and there, it's like this is... Everything that I like, re- this is the dream right here. I am seeing like the cage match of what it means, like anime people like wanting to kill each other over strong anime opinions. And I love it. Um, so thanks for being that for me. Uh, recommendation on mine. I think uh, it's Halloween time, spooky season. Uh, I'm a big rare fanboy and so grabbed by the ghoulies if you want rare replay on whatever platform, download it, play grabbed by the ghoulies. Very fun game, very lighthearted and uh very uh, immature and filled with British humor. Yeah. Play Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, the best Banjo-Kazooie game. A hundred percent. This is superior to all Banjo-Kazooie games. Uh, This is why I'm glad we don't have to do recommendations based on what we were talking about, because you could think of two very different franchises, (laughs) Attack on Titan and Banjo-Kazooie. No, I was being ironic, though. I I could not let it go past... Uh, it can't escape my good conscience to not recommend Jujutsu Kaisen right now. Okay. Oh, season th- or the manga. The manga. Oh, you know, you're probably reading the manga, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think if you haven't read a manga yet, this is a great place to start. Uh, because I can almost guarantee you will not make it till it's animated before you get spoiled. I have. Also, Dune Messiah. If you've read the first Dune book, go ahead and read the second one. Uh, I've got my Dune Messiah shirt on right now. Well, dang, didn't, son. Didn't know that existed until I saw it. Hmm. Taking it to the, you know, best genre, the romance genre, I'm going to recommend Rent a Girlfriend. Oh, my God. Because since we horrible. were talking about waifu, hey, hey, it's in Japan, okay? Like, this is normal. So it's pretty much he rents a girlfriend to pretty much, you know, classic love story, need to impress his parents or whatnot. And they end up, you know, they might end up crushing on each other a little bit there might be a little bit of fan service but it's okay you go watch it rent a girlfriend you can listen to the episode of manga mustard that james and i did where he covered a recent chapter at that time oh really proud yes. of james and with that listeners thank you for everything you do please if you have a chance to leave a five-star review in your podcasting platform of choice leave a like here a comment on youtube uh, which you can head to and subscribe to as well. Also, we need help on Patreon and Captivate just to help keep the lights on, help keep things work very, very well, you know, because podcasting be expensive sometimes. And, you know, we can't all be like Joshua and, you know, just keep going. Like, it's always so sad. Poor Joshua, like his bank account drains every day without having access to money. That helps the podcast flow. It's a very sad state of affairs. But you know what? We're going to do it with your help. If you can, don't feel obligated. I'm not trying to guilt you into it, but I am. Joshua is starving. You know, he just can't make it in this world without your help. But with all that, remember, we are all the chosen people, a geekdom of priests.
This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.